Jesus, the original pioneer, pioneering again. And a few weeks ago, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary. And so we staying with this pioneering theme. And then we, we moved that into Jesus, the original pioneer. And I had written a message Wednesday because I knew I had a funeral to do yesterday. And then uh, part of that, those uh, activities today. And but like God does many times, woke, woke me up in the middle of the night last night. So that's no, you got to do something different. He dropped the scripture in my heart. So, yeah, I'm at the church this morning, very early studying, trying to pull this together. It is a very, very simple, basic message. But the more I live in the world that I live in and the more I get to know the people God has placed around me, the more I understand. I don't know if if a lot of Christians even know what they believe. Does does that make sense? So this is very simple, very basic tonight. Story goes like this. The, the child was sick. Mom had to stay home from church. The dad went anyway. The dad comes home from church. She said, how was the sermon? He said, it was really good. It was simple and basic. She said, well, the pastor must have wrote it for you. <laughs> now, I've never been more convicted in my own heart as a pastor, as a leader, to, to make sure that the people who God have allowed me to minister to understand the simplicity of the gospel and some fundamentals of, of who we are in Christ and, and, and the basics of how you even get to heaven and, and, and that there is a place called heaven and it is a real place and it's not full of puffy clouds with puffy angels floating around. I don't have time to get into that tonight. So, so just thinking about the basics, if you have your Bible, turn to John, John 14, 1 through 7. John 14, 1 through 7. If you don't have your device or Bible or whatever it is, you can look up here on the screen. We'll start in verse 1, the book of John, chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. I love this. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered. This is where we're going to focus tonight. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active. God, we pray that it would, it would change our hearts tonight, Lord, so we can change the community you've placed us in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Jesus is talking to the disciples right here, and and through verses 1 through 7, there's some comfort going on, but he's giving this encouragement to the very men, the very people who are going to go forward and plant the New Testament church. They're the ones that are going to go out into the world and take this new gospel. They're going to take this new grace. They're going to take this new idea. They're going to take this new forgiveness. They're going to take this new mercy. And so, so Jesus is, he's encouraging them with this word and he's reassuring them that this life is, this is not all there is to it. 
He said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to my father's house. In my father's house, there's many rooms, and I'm going to go prepare one for you. So he's encouraging them. Why is that so important to understand? It's important to understand because in this day and time, he is speaking to the disciples who are going to disperse with the gospel into a, in a world where the term God is very pluralistic. It's very, it's very, religion is rampant. It's everywhere in this day. It's just not right. And so, so does that sound familiar? Where, where the, the word God can mean so many different things to so many different people. And if you believe it's good, it's good. And if you believe it's right, it's right. And as long as you're okay with yourself, then it's okay. And it's true and it's fine. Jesus is saying, no, let me encourage you. Because he knows they're going to have trouble. But let me encourage you in this. This life, this is not all there is to it. There, there's something after this. So, so we're going to focus on the way, the truth, and the life. So number one, Jesus pioneered the way. If you're taking notes tonight, you've always wondered about maybe how to lead someone through scripture to accept Christ or, or so th- this is a good message to take notes on Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So we, we have, we look at this, this passage a lot. I don't think you can look at it too much because it's so important. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, meaning Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So you have this idea and you, you have Jesus saying, look, I'm going to go away. There's, there's, there's a house there. But, and then he says in verse four, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, I love this. Oh, Thomas. And how do we know Thomas? Poor guy. He was, Thomas was the only one that was willing to speak what was on his mind, actually. Besides Peter. Peter couldn't keep his mouth shut. So, so here's Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know. We don't know where you're going, so how in the world can we know? And Jesus answered, I am the way. When Jesus Christ came and was born of a virgin and lived his sinless life and took our death and sin on the cross and died, he was placed in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. The Bible said he's in heaven today making intercession for us. When he died, he said, it is finished. And we know the veil to the temple was torn in two, which represented we now have a way into God's presence. And and again, I go back to basics. I am just shocked at the amount of people that I come in contact with that have attended some sort of type of church their whole life, and they don't even think they're good enough to pray. They feel like someone else has to go on their behalf and pray for them. They don't think, they, they don't, they, they don't think the Bible's for them. Isn't that for like the, the guy leading the whole church? Isn't that his responsibility? This is God's love letter to every human being. He loves you. He loves you so much, he left instructions. And so you, you have this idea of Jesus being the way maker, Jesus making a way for us to come into the presence of God, Jesus being the sacrificial lamb. The mediator, if you will. Look at this next scripture, 1 Timothy. The next scripture, 1 Timothy 2, 5, says this. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Isn't that comforting? Think about it this way. A mediator 
in, in our world, in business terms, or maybe a marriage counselor, or however you want to put a mediator, a mediator's main job is to come between two parties and not show a favor to one or the other. Just listen to facts and try to work out the situation. Hopefully, they can come to an agreement. This is telling me there's one God and there's one mediator. Between God and mankind, why did there need to be a mediator? Because sin entered in and separated us from God. So there's a mediator, and it's Jesus. So this is a win-win, because Jesus wants us to be restored back to God. Jesus wants that when he said, my food is to do the will of the Father. You remember that? The disciples came back and urged him to eat. He said, I have food that you don't know about. My food is to do the will of the Father. His will, God's will was for humanity to be restored back to him. He created us to do the day with him. And sin messed that up. And so now you have Jesus Christ as the mediator between man and God. That's what Jesus did for us. You have co-workers and family members ask, hey, you know, don't all roads lead to heaven? Doesn't, you know, isn't it, don't pretty much all good people go to heaven? Well, the Bible says right here, and we do believe the Bible, the mediator between man and God is Jesus Christ. That's why the gospel is called good news. You go on over, let's just keep looking at this. He is the way. He said, I am the way. John 10, verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Now, to understand the scripture, I didn't have time, nor will I have the voice to read this whole passage tomorrow, so I'll just paraphrase it. Jesus, in the first verse of chapter 10 of of John, he is telling a story, and he's using a metaphor of the shepherd, the good shepherd, and how the sheep understand the voice of the good shepherd. And only the good shepherd goes through the sheep gate. And it's the gatekeeper who opens the gate. And so when you get down to verse 7, if you're leading a life group, this is a great, great, great passage to talk about this week. You get down to verse 7, and it says he's telling this story to the Pharisees. He is telling it to the religious people. And he, and he says, the sheep stay inside the pen. And anyone who gets to the sheep who doesn't come through the gate is a thief and a robber. And verse 7 says, the Pharisees do not understand what he's talking about. So in perfect Jesus fashion, he then turns his attention to them and says, I, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out, go out and find pasture. Now, if you take that and you look at a good shepherd and the sheep know the voice of a good shepherd, but anyone who gets to the sheep are thieves and robbers. Basically, what Jesus is telling the religiosity of that day is you're a thief and a robber. And guess what John 10, 10 says? The thief comes to kill. He's talking to religious people. Reread the whole page. If you read it all together, you just can't take that out of context. You read that whole story, and he's saying, you guys, you're robbing and thieving. You're putting undue burdens on the humanity that God created because grace has now come on the scene. And he's saying, you've got it all wrong. You're trying to, you're putting all these laws and all this stuff on on top. And you're saying, hey, you can know God, but by the way, here's a 500-pound backpack to carry around with you for the rest of your life because you're not good enough. I think we all know we're not good enough. That's why we needed a mediator. That's why we needed Jesus. And so 
<coughs> he says, I am the gate. I remember my son was about two and a half, and we were... I mean, yeah, I could say that about my son at any age, and she, should, she could crack up at any moment. But we're going, <laughs> we're going through this small town in Tennessee, and the name of the town was Gates. Gates, Tennessee. And you know how kids at that age would say the coolest things. And, and my son's always been a thinker. He, he thinks a lot more than he talks. And so, so I, I mean, it must have been 30 minutes since we passed through that town. Because he said, Dad, where are we at? Maybe he was three. Yeah, I know he was still in a car seat. Dad, where? Was supposed to be in a car seat. Dad, <laughs> Dad, where, where are we at? I said, we're, we're in Gates. And I'm not kidding you. 30 minutes later, he piped up and he goes, hey, Dad. Yeah? If we're in Gates, where are the fences? <laughs> a gate... It's to go in and out of a barrier. Jesus says, I am the gate. What's the barrier? The barrier is sin. The barrier is sin. That is the barrier that separates us from a loving God who loved us so much he sent his only son, the mediator, Jesus Christ. So I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I love that. I love that picture of Jesus being the gate, being the opening, being, being the, the opening in, in, in all the mess that's going on around us in our world and all the sin and all the hopelessness and, and the tragedies that we endure, all this stuff. And then here's Jesus with arms wide open. I wish the world could see this Jesus. I wish the world could hear about this Jesus. I wish, I wish people could hear about this Jesus that doesn't really want anything from them. He's just saying, look, here I am, arms wide open. I'm the gate. You come Come through me, you you will be one of my sheep, and you will know my voice, and you can go in and out. In other words, eternally you will stay in, but daily you can go out, and the shepherd will lead you out, that story says. He will lead you, and, and it goes on to say, the voice of another the sheep will not listen to, but they'll even run away from that voice, but the voice of the shepherd, the voice of God in my life, that still small voice that leads me and guides me and directs me, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. He is the mediator. He is the gate between us and God. Jesus. He says, I am the way. I am the way. He talks about heaven. He's telling the disciples. Thomas asks the question everybody else wants to ask. And Jesus says, no, I am the way. Next thing, number two. Jesus pioneered the truth. John 1, 14, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and say that word with me. Truth. I know we, we used the scripture three weeks ago. Couldn't get away from it because we're going to we're going to we're going to expound on this for a moment and talk about truth. Why is it so important to talk about truth? Because we live in a society and a culture where the moral values have been so skewed that there is no truth anymore. What is truth? I mean, what, what is I mean, our world, our world is asking, well, what's right? Well, what is truth? Well, how do you know that to be true? Did somebody tell you? Well, how did they know that to be true? Did somebody tell them? You remember the turkey at Thanksgiving that got cut off? You remember that story? I don't have time to go into it. Should have been here. <laughs> <clears throat> Point being, well, I got to keep going. But what is truth? 
I mean, our kids are going off to universities. Well, they'll sit and hear people who are very, very intelligent and very educated, and, and they don't know God, and, and they are, they are teaching, teaching classes like theology and, and the way the world thinks and, and the civility of our world, and, 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 and they're, they're hearing these things from people of, of stature and of education and, and with plaques on their walls telling them, you know, there is nothing really true, whatever you believe to be right is true whatever you whatever you think is right is true and as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else it's true and so so how do we prove that what is truth jesus says i am the way and the truth and then we see the word became flesh and the word became so what is true the word of god you, you, you keep, keep going. Second Timothy, Second Timothy says this three sixteen. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture, all Scripture is God breathed. So you, you, you look at you look at this idea of He says, "I am the way and I am the truth." In other words, all of these other things that you've been hearing from this, the, the, the religious people of this day, all of these things that you've been hearing, there's not, there may be a tent of truth in those, but it's not true true. It's not the truth. He's saying, I am the truth. He was the walking word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in his perfectness, he walked out the word of God. And now, now we know that he was the word in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God he was the word he becomes flesh he walks among us so to answer our question what is true what is truth you have to go back to the word of God you have to go back to the word of God lately I've been asked a myriad of questions as a leader of how how you know, you answer a question about this or you answer a question about that or you answer a question. I won't go into the types of questions, but, but you know, at, how, how would you address this? And, and some of my friends that run businesses and they, they, they've called a, a lot lately, how would you address this? And, and my answer is always the same. It's, well, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about that issue? And because, look, if we throw the Bible out as our plumb line, we're going to argue with each other until we die. Right? So, 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 we, so, so the idea, when Jesus says, I am the truth, he left the truth with us. John 1, 17 says, for the law was given through Moses, grace, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then, and then all the way to, to John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is talking. So, so in other words, let, let's just take a, let's take a journey here and talk about truth for a moment. We've established, Jesus says, I am the way. He's telling the disciples because they're the ones going out to plant the churches. They're the ones that are going to spread this new grace. They're the ones that are going to go and, and start telling people, hey, you don't have to do X, Y, Z to be forgiven. Jesus, Jesus is the way. He's, so he's, he's comforting them. He's encouraging them. And then he lays it on them. I am the way and I am the truth. And then we see the word becomes flesh. So Jesus, so, so, so Jesus and, he, and he dwells among us. And so the word of God is truth. 
It's our plumb line. Parents in this room right now, do yourselves a favor. And for all of us who have already, for those of us in this room who have raised kids and are out of the house, we will testify to this and we'll say a big amen. Read the Bible with your kids every chance you get. Every chance you get. Break that joker open, get a kid's Bible, get a Bible in reference to however old they are, and every chance you get, get the word of God in them because it will not go out and come back void. And it's truth. It's truth when they're in seventh grade and they run down the street, you told them not to go down, and then they go down the other street, you told them not to go down, and someone offers them something they know that they shouldn't take, drink, or smoke. The truth is in them. The Holy Spirit arrests their heart at that moment. I can remember, man, I can remember, I got in a lot of trouble. I mean, it it is a miracle. It it is a miracle. And I don't say that lightly, that I am alive today. It, It really is. But I can tell you this, there was not one time in my entire life that I, I did something that was life-threatening, illegal, or very harmful to my body, that before I did it, I did not hear the Holy Spirit in my head and in my heart say, don't do that. Don't, don't, Jason, don't do that. Did I listen? No. But was it in there? Yes. That, it, and, and that's worth dragging your kids to church for. Well, they got soccer, and well, they got baseball, and well, you know, they got homework, and well, you know, I want them to be the, yeah, great, good, good, good. You wait till they go off to college, see what that soccer does for you. Put the word of God in them. It will not go, it does not go out and come back void. You say, well, I'm not really good. Nobody ever taught me how to teach the Bible. You get a Bible they understand and sit down and read a verse. Start in the book of John and just say, hey, let's talk about this for a second. Let's just talk about this because it's truth. The world is so hungry for truth right now. The world is so hungry. What is right? What is truth? You know, what is, it's the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. I know that's a cliche, right? Or what do you call it? Yeah, it's a cliche to say that. But it's true. Jesus is the answer. He said, I am the way and I am the truth. The, The fact that there is no truth can be settled even without the Bible. Let's do a little experiment. I leave here tonight. I'm pulling out by the steakhouse. I see a lady, elderly lady, with her arms full of groceries. And she is walking down the sidewalk. And she is about to step out on a galley because she thinks she's got the... And I see a massive Mack dump truck coming her way and I'm only 10 feet from her, I have the opportunity to put my car in park, jump out and go grab her and pull her back. What's the right thing to do? But I thought there was no right or wrong or truth. What's the right thing to do? Unless you're mean. (laughs) And you want her groceries. No. (laughs) Come to the food pantry. No, you're going to help her. The, the, the idea of there being no right or wrong and no truth is such a dumb idea. 
And that idea has infiltrated our culture to the point where we have a bunch of dumb people leading our country. We can laugh about it. We need to pray about it. And it starts in your home. It starts in your home. You're raising the next congressmen. You're raising the next congresswomen. You're raising the next senators. You, they're in your home. Get the word of God in them. It's true. It's truth. Hey, Dad, what's, what's truth? My teacher was telling me today that there is no truth. Yeah. Yeah, there is. It's, it's the Bible. It's our plumb line of truth. So I am the way. I am the truth. And then number three, Jesus pioneered the life. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. This is so amazingly comforting to those of us who know Jesus and for those of us who have lost loved ones and even some in an untimely manner to know that at one point they gave their heart to the Lord. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Remember how he says, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's talking about the next life. My father has got a house for you. I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You you have this, the life. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So when I am ministering to someone and they don't know the Lord, I have the opportunity to say to them, look, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He offers abundant life, yes, here while we're we're on earth. But we're all going to die. You do know that. Unless Jesus comes back before our days are numbered, the Bible says. We're all going to die. And so this scripture here tells us the one who believes in me will live even though they die. The recognition of a physical death is there. So we don't have to fear that death because the one who believes, the one who enters the gate, the one who goes through the gate, the one who hears the voice of the true good shepherd, even though you die, you're going to live. So he, he, he pioneered the life. John 1, 4 through 5 says this, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise God. Pray. I mean, we live, we live in some dark times. We live in a dark world. I mean, it's just, there's no way. We talked about this a few weeks ago. There's no way around that. But listen, friend, we don't lose. We win. We win. Take heart. You will have trouble in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In him was life. In who? In Jesus. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus came on the scene to bring life, eternal life. He was the gate. He was the way. He, He is the way. He is the truth. And he is life. Life now, abundant life now, peace now, joy now, good stuff now, enjoying my spouse now, enjoying raising kids now, but this is not all there is to it. Some of you moms are hitting each other, enjoying raising my kids right now. Don't do that. You'll look back, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. 
So, so this earth, this earth is temporal. It's going to go away. The word of God will stand forever. Jesus is, he, he was, in him was life. In other words, in him, in him was the opportunity for eternal life and the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Not past tense, present tense, has not overcome it. Yes, yes, we live in a crazy world. Yes, there are some very dark things going on, but I would submit to you today, this is not a time for the church to get out a white hanky and sing, hold the fort, I am coming. You know, there's an old song used to sing in church. That's the stupidest song I've ever heard. All the old ladies would get out the white handkerchiefs and start waving them. Wave the answer back to heaven. That is idiotic. Oh, that's surrendering. Jesus has not called us to surrender. He's only called us to surrender our lives to him and be servants to others. But I would submit to you today, this is the most awesome time to be alive. This is the most awesome time to be a Christ follower. This is the most awesome time to share your faith. This is the most awesome. And God chose you and I to be alive during this time in all the years that he could have placed Jason Byers on this earth. He chose 2016. I am here by his divine purpose. You are in that seat by his divine purpose. This world will try to tell you you're on accident. There's nothing accidental about you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He's got plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He in him was life and he was the light of all mankind. Let your light shine. What good does the light do if you light it and hide it under? I'm getting excited I'm telling you I'm, t- I'm telling you man this is like this is Super Bowl day for Christians right now the years the days the months that we're living in do not shy away from your faith for who knows the Bible says a day are like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day but it does go on to say he's going to come like a thief in the night like a flash of lightning and then it's all done brother don't shy away from your faith right now just to get a promotion don't shy away from your faith right now just to just to make it peaceful with those around you now, don't go causing problems and like shoving, you know, don't go to work tomorrow or uh, Monday, you know, with your Bible and, and get, you know, thumping your boss on the head. What's true is true. Wow. He said, I am the way, I'm the truth. I am the light. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not over." Comment, friend, no matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what, how dark it seems, Jesus Christ will illuminate your situation in his timing if you will hang on. Because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Yeah, it might be dark, but, but, but the morning's coming. And the darkness has not overtaken the light nor will it ever read the whole book. We win. We win. I wish they had odds on how it turns out, how it end turns out in Vegas. That's probably not good theology, is it? I don't know when, because no one knows except the Father. 
But I know how. I got I to gotta wrap this up. You, you think about Jesus being life. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, he is life. One, one version of that scripture says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God made him alive, in other words, he is life, you will be saved. Again, elementary, basic, simple, truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So now let's go back to the beginning of where we started tonight, the 14th chapter of the book of John, verse 1. This is talking to the disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, will I come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am? I don't know what they look like, but I know I got a house. I got a room. I got a room in the father's house. Uh, that's why back in verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4, it says that therefore you can approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence in your time of need. See, when you, you come into your own house, I go home, I don't get to do it often, but when I go to my parents' house, I don't go to their house like a guest. In other words, I don't clean up after myself. <laughs> No, it, it, there's, a, there's a relaxing there, right? I don't have to put on for anybody. It, it, it is what it is. That's what, that's what Jesus is telling the disciples. He's telling them that because they're going to go spread the gospel. He's telling that to encourage them. Listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Yeah, I've got to go away, but I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place, won't I come back for you? So here, here's where we land tonight. He is the way. He's the navigator of eternity. He's the mediator. He is truth. And he is life. And many of us in this room would testify to this. I know for me, I didn't start really living until I gave my whole heart and life to God. I really didn't. I mean, I was alive making a mess of everything I put my hands on. But real abundant, true life, fun, adventure, journey, nitty-gritty, down in the ditch, not always happy, but always knowing God's there with you through the storms. That's, that's, that to me is when I, I really started living, is when I accepted the life that Jesus offered. He's the gate. So the question tonight is, have you walked through that gate? Have you walked through that gate and do you go back and forth daily? with the good shepherd listening to his voice. And and is there a room in the Father's house for you? You say, well, Jason, I don't know. Well, how do I know? I think we've made that pretty plain tonight. He said, I am the way, I am the way. I am the mediator. When I put my faith in Jesus, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. No, after you die, you die. You're not dead, as far as I know. Right now, everyone in this room is breathing. 
right? So, so you have a chance to make a choice to live for eternity with a God who loved you so much he sent his only son to die for you. Do you need to walk through that gate tonight? Do you need to walk through that gate and make that decision? Will you bow your head all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. I need to be saved. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Life is not working. I know right now in this moment. Maybe you're sitting there and you feel God dealing with your your heart in a way that you've never felt God before. It's because he loves you. He loves you and he beckons you. He calls to you. You don't have to change anything to come to him. That's his, he's in the change business. You just come just like you are. So how do I do that? Well, the Bible says we've all been given a measure of faith and what you do with that faith is up to you. So, When I put my faith in Jesus, I'm justified in the eyes of God. And then I'm granted access into grace, which I stand in, Romans 5 says. Have you done that? If you need to do that, you say, Jason, I'm ready to do that. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior tonight. No one's looking around. Will you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see and put it right back down? I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand. That's awesome. Just put it right back down. I see your hand. Anybody else? That's incredible. Walking through the gate. Walking through the gate. Being led by the good shepherd. You got to let go to be led. You got to let go to be led. If you raised your hand, I want to pray with you and I'm so proud of you. God is so proud of you. Angels are rejoicing right now because you, from your heart, you just made that decision. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. After church tonight, I, I, I implore you to come up to a table or go out to the tent, get a Bible and a devotion, meet with somebody who can talk with you. But right now, right where you're sitting, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. And right now, God, from my heart, from my heart, I'm telling you I need help. And from my heart, I'm confessing that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe he rose from the grave on the third day. And I believe he's coming back for me one day. So right now, God, I accept your gift of salvation through what Jesus Christ did for me. So God, thank you that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul right now. Give me the boldness to go to a table and get a Bible and a devotion. In Jesus' name, amen.